This Cap Times podcast is brought to you by Exact Sciences Corporation, the makers of Colaguard. Learn more at exactsciences.com. Welcome to On the Cover, a weekly Mad Splainers feature. I'm podcast producer Natalie Yar, and each week I sit down with the reporter behind our latest cover story to find out why it matters. Today I'm talking with Cap Times investigative reporter Caitlin Farrell, who spent some time following one of the people who makes sure COVID 19 wards stay clean and safe. Welcome to the podcast, Caitlin. Hi, Natalie. So you spent a morning following Dwayne Collins, an environmental services technician, as he cleaned and disinfected patient rooms in a COVID-19 ward at Madison's University Hospital. What was that like? So, yeah, it was was really interesting. I went in there. I mean, I guess cases have been continuing to escalate in Wisconsin for a while now, but this was sort of I think earlier on in our most recent spike. And so they had just shortly before that opened a new wing. And, you know, it was interesting. It wasn't like absolutely crazy or anything like that. I think, you know, it definitely busy with with nurses, you know, coming in and out of each room and kind of activity going on. But things were very orderly. And um, yeah, I mean, I think that it had been rare for uh, hospitals to allow press to come in and, and see what was going on, especially on COVID wards. But University Hospital um, run by UW Health was one of the first in the area most recently to allow media to come in. So, yeah, it was really illuminating to be able to see the work up close. I get my paper towels ready and my toilet tissue ready, you know, so just in case they need. So I take one, one paper towel, one toilet paper. So I'll leave it. Now I'm going to put my suit on. Do you have to put a new gown on for each room you yeah, enter? Yeah, every room you go in, you got to put on a new gown. You can't wear the same gown. Okay. And you want to take the gown off inside the room. You take it off inside the room. Yeah. Got it. Okay. Yeah. So Dwayne's title is environmental services technician. Is that different from being a janitor or a housekeeper? And is this a role that hospitals have all the time or is it unique to pandemics? Yeah, so in essence, the job functions are essentially the same as as a janitor or a housekeeper. They clean rooms and disinfect and sanitize rooms, but there is a whole, um, I, I cite in the story, an association that works specifically with um, developing protocols and trainings for environmental services technicians. And they were particularly, they particularly emphasized that the term um, janitor or housekeeping isn't appropriate and isn't used anymore for these types of workers. And I think there is probably an element there that has to sort of do with stigma, you know, in a hospital setting, you know, folks who clean and disinfect and sanitize rooms um, play a really integral part in allowing the hospital to operate and continue as it does. I mean, people in the hospital have to be isolated now and have had to be isolated in the past for a variety of, of different diseases that were super contagious. Um, and so, so yeah, so I think that their roles in, in really preventing the spread of bacteria and germs from patient rooms to common areas um, and then other areas of the hospital where other frontline workers work is just really crucial. And so I think sort of using that term 
um, elevates it a bit more than calling someone a janitor like they're cleaning a high school gym or something. You know, because a lot of people, they look at you, you know, you know, and doing janitorial work, they call you, you know, you know janitorial, they call you, you know, like, like housekeeping and stuff like that. And a lot of people don't like that, you know. But I, you know, I take it as, you know, I have a job. You know, my job is to fight bacteria. So I'm the doctor, you know, in a sense. How did Dwayne get started in this work, and how has the coronavirus changed his job? So he got started doing this work a few, he's been at UW Health doing this work for a couple years now, and he told me that he just applied, uh, like anyone else would, (laughs) and I think had been wanting to sort of get into the UW Health system for a little while, and um, had applied to a couple different jobs, but when an opening came up to be an environmental services tech, and, and he was called back, he really pursued it, and, and sounds like it was a, a really good fit for him. Um, so one thing that's sort of interesting throughout reporting this story that um, makes sense, but I hadn't thought a ton about before, is just that, you know, his job is different in some ways during the pandemic and dealing with COVID, but it's not super different than it is when he's cleaning the hospital and patient rooms during non-pandemic times, especially if he's working in patient rooms that are isolation rooms, because those are rooms and areas potentially of a hospital that exist you know, prior to the pandemic. And so there are protocols that had already been in place that aided these workers in dealing with patients who had highly contagious diseases and had to be isolated versus normal patient population rooms. And so I think that there is maybe more established protocol just because of the volume of people, of course, that now have highly infectious, contagious COVID is more maybe than they might see in normal isolation rooms. But Largely, the protocols are pretty much the same when it comes to how the room is cleaned and um, putting on proper PPE when you're inside and taking it off, you know, before you come outside. Um, One thing that I mentioned in the story, too, that they highlight for me is that hospitals have, um, well, University Hospital specifically, has these UV light cleaning machines that have become particularly useful and probably used more during the pandemic in COVID rooms, but that they had these machines in the past too, to use this this kind of light to disinfect all areas of a patient room when a patient is discharged. So um, kind of interesting that, you know, they had this equipment and the means to, to do this work even prior to COVID. And what do we know about the risks facing these workers compared to other hospital workers? So when it comes to the infection rate potentially and yeah, looking at sort of the degree of risk that they might be be in, um, I don't know, and, and haven't seen any widespread study or data looking specifically at environmental services technicians. I did ask uh, UW Health whether they would tell me if or how many of their technicians had gotten COVID, and if they were able to trace that COVID, you know, to the job, and they declined to disclose that information, citing HIPAA protections and concerns. Um, So that I don't know. I know that Dwayne has not gotten COVID. Um, He had, I think he, he is concerned to a degree that it, you know, inclines him to really take proper protective measures and and take his training seriously. But he is not, um, you know, riddled with fear to go into work every day and do the job. He really emphasized that he thought he was really well trained and equipped with the knowledge he needed to be able to do his job in a way so that he doesn't get COVID. But, you know, I mean, we've read reports of nurses and doctors and other folks who work in the hospital getting COVID despite 
despite adhering to those protocols. And so um, I'm sure it's likely that, the, that, of course, these workers face that risk too, but I'm not quite sure the degree of that. Yeah. And he mentioned to you that he's got a wife and a daughter who have conditions that might make them more vulnerable to the virus. Yeah, he did mention that. Um, but, you know, didn't seem he, he didn't seem nor state to me that he felt particularly worried um, about that as far as it sort of consuming his his day to day and being on his mind. I think, again, he talked about how he takes the virus seriously at work, but also outside of work. You know, I have to think about them, too. You know, the job, I like my job, but it's not important in my wife. Mm-hmm. No, it's not important in my family. Mm-hmm. You know, I get in my car, and I have uh, hand sanitizer and all that kind of stuff. When I get home, I, I go straight to the, uh, the uh, laundry room, pull off my clothes. and Yeah, I don't go home, sit on my couches. And yeah. I tell, you know, I tell my daughter, I tell my wife, you know, oh, wait till, you know, we high five there. Yeah, let me take off my stuff, and, you know, then we can kick it, you know. Yeah. Other than that, I'm like, is there anything that you think is important to note just about people who might not think COVID is that big of a deal or, I mean, you oh, kind it's of are, real. Yeah. I mean, because you see, you're on the front lines in a way no one else really, I mean, a few people really are. Right. And, and, you know, this is, you know, this is what gets me, you know, cause I, you know, you go home at the end of the day. I know I'm not a nurse, you know, and I know I'm not a doctor, you know, I'm, I'm here for eight hours, you know, within the eight hours I'm here, I could get caught up, you know? But if I, if I don't if if I don't be careful, you know, if I don't be careful and 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 not follow proper, you know, procedures, sometimes you know you go in rooms. Sometimes you go in rooms and you skeptical because you know this COVID thing had everybody shook. You know, for these last uh, uh, six months, man, you know you didn't want to go outside the house. Mm-hmm. And so, but now that you have an, a neutral understanding, you know, it's, it, you know you have proper protection you know you go in there and you have your proper gear on you know you um you go in there and you, and you do according to the, the, the guidelines then you're able to walk out mm-hmm. you know you figure if you don't believe it that it's not real and you sitting there doing a room and you see this patient gasses for air that's enough to wake you up that's enough to tell you hey you know take this thing seriously mm-hmm. you know and and if you feel that you don't want to go do the rooms and things like that, let your supervisor know. Yeah. Because don't put your life in danger. You can always go get another job. Mm-hmm. You can't get another life. You know, and you can't, you, you, you can, you can get another wife, but you can't get the same wife. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And so you just got to, you know, just be careful. This podcast is brought to you by Exact Sciences. Join the Madison-based team working to lead earlier cancer detection. Visit exactsciences.com to view the company's hundreds of open jobs. How has being so close to the virus and to COVID patients affected him personally? Yeah, he he talked to me about, um, I guess, just how meaningful it is for him to be able to connect with patients in that really distinct way. Just he makes it a point, and I sort of talk about this in the story, um, to really, you know, you go in and you say hi and introduce yourself briefly prior to cleaning a room, but just, you know, start a bit of conversation and have a connection, however small or brief, with with a patient who, who 
you know, I think probably being in the hospital, you can feel lonely anyway, but especially being a COVID patient in the hospital when you're required to be isolated from others, um, I think that is even, you know, more lonely. And he he talked about just trying to be a, a bright spot in someone's day by having a brief conversation. So to take their mind off of their own predicament for just a moment. You know, I go in there and knock on the door, hey, I'm, you know, environmental, or I say housekeeping. And I go in there, I clean, I ask them, I start off, hey, how you doing? You know, I just don't want to go in and just clean a room and, you know, that's rude, you know? So I go in there and I introduce myself. And they, you know, if they don't feel like talking, okay. But most, the majority of people that I interact with since I've been doing these rooms, they talk to you, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and like how the weather was outside and you know like the guy was just talking to we used to talking about the football game you know he was upset because his food was sitting outside the door but as I you know we got to talking and I brought up the football and he kind of forgot about you know he forgot about his food or he forgot about himself right within that point because we started talking about the football game he also talked a bit about the parallels he sees between the work of just trying to kind of connect with people and be positive um, towards them, you know, doing that work in parallel with his work as a minister. So when he's not working, he's a, a lay minister and runs a small ministry out of his home. And so he sees the work he does at the hospital as an extension of some of the faith work that he does. And so I think that, too, makes it even more meaningful for him. We are, the gospel is, the gospel that comes to uplift your spirit, to give you hope when there's no hope, you know? And, and that's what the COVID, you know, the COVID, I know it's, a, it's a, a battle, you know, I know it's a battle and it's, you know, it, it gets you depressed, it gets you down, it gets you to a point that you can't make it, you know? But it, it, the flip side is faith. Because you got to have faith. you got to feed yourself faith that I'm going to come out of this. Caitlin, thank you so much for being on the podcast. Sure. Thank you for having me. Thanks for listening to my conversation with Cap Times investigative reporter Caitlin Farrell, who's been bringing us stories from behind the scenes of this pandemic. Tune in next week for a conversation about our next cover story. If you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe to The Mad Splainers on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever else you do your listening, and leave us a review while you're there. Also, be sure to check out our other podcasts, including The Corner Table, all about food and drink in Madison, and Wedge Issues, all about state politics. Until next time, thanks for listening. This podcast has been brought to you by Exact Sciences Corporation, the makers of Colaguard. Once again, be sure to learn more at exactsciences.com.